Bond, James Bond. Yeah, I admit when I was growing up, I wouldn't be James Bond who didn't. He was suave, sophisticated, cool, got all the ladies, was able to save the world. He was able to do incredible martial arts scenes, always dressed in a tuxedo, which I thought was more impressive than the martial arts themselves. And, of course, he lived in a life of excitement and danger. There's a scheme called the James Bond Swindle, or the James Bond Sweetheart Scam, which tries to lead people into this life of excitement, or promises a life of excitement, in order to get money from people. We'll talk about this. Good afternoon, everyone. I'd like to welcome you all once again to my White Collar Crime and Fraud podcast. As always, I'm your host, Gene Tausk. Hope everybody's had a good couple weeks. I'm actually proud of myself. I'm sort of keeping myself more or less on schedule for these podcasts. So for me, that's good news anyway. Uh, based on the feedback I've been getting, um, everybody seems to have enjoyed the last three podcasts dealing with uh, three countries that have taken care or trying to take care of fraud, fraud-related issues in various ways. Uh, we'll hopefully revisit those topics sometimes, sometime in the near future. For right now, though, I would like to change gears a little bit, and we're going to be talking today about sweetheart scams and a new variant on sweetheart scams, what I call the James Bond sweetheart scam. As you can tell from the music on the in- intro, yes, I called it the James Bond scam, and we'll talk about why here. And we're going to go back for a minute and talk about what is a sweetheart scam. I think I've talked about this in previous webcasts, podcasts, but the sweetheart scam is one of the more, um, well, there's no such thing as a nice fraud scheme, but the sweetheart scam, lonely heart scam is one of the more cruel scams that are out there. And, uh, as you can guess by the name of it, it's with a scam. People are fooled into thinking that they have met their true love online and, course it goes downhill from there there's the sweetheart scams have been around for a long time con men who prey on the emotions of uh, desperate people or vulnerable people has gone on really for centuries if not millennia all you have to do is watch the funny movie uh dirty rotten scoundrels with uh, michael Caine and steve martin i think it's even made into a musical and you can see uh, even before the internet the sweetheart scam was very much in vogue. But with the arrival of the internet, mass communications, and dating apps, the sweetheart scam is now, you can find it just about everywhere. And it's used in uh, on dating apps like Tinder, other types of dating apps. And the, this, the theme behind it is very simple, of course. The, uh, what happens is that somebody is looking to... Uh, find somebody to date, possibly have a romantic engagement with. And the scammer, the fraudster, will use these online dating sites to meet people. They put up fake profiles with pictures of, if if it's a man going after a woman, a handsome young man, or a woman going after a man, a good-looking young woman. And they uh, make these fake accounts. And when they find somebody or somebody finds them online and they want to meet them online, this starts a, the the scam into motion. And what normally happens is that 
the uh, as a scam begins, the normal as a relationship begins, the scam relationship, and they get into correspondence with the with the target, and of course they build up a series of tr build up trust between the target and uh, themselves, and once this trust is built up, usually in a very short amount of time, the uh, scamming begins. And normal in variants of the scam, the con artist may state, okay, well, I really want to come and visit you, but I need money for a visa. Can you send money for a visa? And the person sends money. And the, the con artist goes on to state, well, okay, I tried to get a visa. It didn't work. I need more money for a visa. And, of course, the money is sent. And visas not, are not obtained and as you can see the person is now on the hook and the scammer tries to get as much money from the victim as possible and once again playing on the the very real feelings of the target usually by saying i really want to come see you i'm really trying to get to america i just need more money for the visa oh i need money for the visa support service or what have you and by the time it's all over thousands of dollars sometimes tens of thousands of dollars have been sent over with no result that's just a very basic form of the sweetheart scam. As these scams developed and continued to grow, the sweetheart scams uh, began to have other, um, might say, footholds or other patterns as well. Another pattern that developed is where uh, the scammer will uh, state that they have an investment that they're trying to start, and before they can come over to the United States or before, before the person can come over to meet them, they need to get this business going, and perhaps if they these target could send money for this business then things would go well and once again the theme behind all this is the these people are preying on these victims emotions it's not uncommon of course for uh, these tart for these con artists to go after widows or widowers who have lost their spouse or long-term partner and once again they're in a very vulnerable emotional state the key to the uh well one of the keys you might say to the type of sweetheart scam the sweetheart scam in general is that the what the scammer does is they start to almost immediately proclaim the love they have for this person and that they really want to see them they really would like the person to they just they claim they found the love of their life and it happens very quickly usually sometimes after a few days sometimes after one or two weeks and the person the target is overwhelmed with emotions Another uh, tactic that's used by these scammers is that the fraudsters almost immediately get flirty and very use a lot of over-the-top language and pet names for the person. Now, of course, when you're dating for a long time, it's not uncommon to have pet names as you get to know each other. But the um, the, the scammers immediately target the person with this kind of over-the-top language. So. Within one or two weeks, the person, the target, is generally bombarded with these strong feelings from the scammer. And unfortunately, a lot of times, the scammer is successful in getting the target to believe that they are actually in love with them. And that's when the scam begins, when the target then asks that basically they need to fix a problem. The problem that needs to be fixed is the, you know, as I said, sometimes they'll say, I need money for a visa I'm from this country, and we need a visa to get to the United States. And that's, of course, pretty reasonable. Many countries... At many countries, citizens of certain countries need a visa to visit the United States. If a person is a good sign, however, that the person may be not what he seems he is, a target, the con man may not be what he seems he is if they're asking for visas and they're from countries like Germany 
or France or Italy, the countries that don't require a visa come to the United States. Sometimes it's the opposite way around where the con artist will say, well, I want you to come visit me, and but I need to buy the plane ticket for you. And so they say, send me money, I'll get you the plane ticket. Of course, the plane ticket never, um, never uh, arrives. And once again, it's just a way to get money from the person. So the key is they're always asking to fix a problem. Um, sometimes they're asking for gift cards, gift cards such as Visa gift cards, which can be used in any country, prepaid cards, wire transfer, and cryptocurrency is now becoming very popular. And for obvious reasons, we may do a podcast devoted just to how cryptocurrency is used in sweetheart scams. But the key here to the sweetheart scam is that the person is targeted by a con man and, or woman or woman who is making advances romantic advances very quickly to their target and in a short amount of time the target is the recipient of what we might call love bombs from this con man proclaiming their love and that they really want the person to come over to their country or they need to come over to the United States or what have you. So it's uh, unfortunately said a very cruel type of scam but tens of millions even hundreds of millions of dollars are lost every year to these type of scams. We're going to focus, though, on sort of a new variant of the sweetheart scam, and it's been getting a little more popular. Uh, it's sort of out there. And one of the things I've mentioned about con artists and fraudsters from the very beginning is these individuals, these con artists, will use imag their imagination to really develop new schemes that uh, prey on people and get the person to believe them. After all, once again, defining an old theme. What is a con artist? A con artist is a confidence artist. He gets the confidence of his victims, and that's how they get their money. It's not a question of using force or the threat of force to uh, get the target to turn over money. It's the, a question of using getting the confidence of the victim. So the James Bond scheme is sort of a variant on this. It begins with a typical um, sweetheart scam where the con artist will get in touch, find a target, usually on a dating site, and immediately send many, many messages to the target, and within a very short amount of time will profess love for the target, profess how much they really, she, he or she really wants to meet the person, they're dreaming about them, and what have you. And that's what we've heard from, learned from our previous podcast, is this is the hook to get the person involved, that suddenly it's no longer just an exchange of messages, it's an exchange of real feelings and ideas, and the person is hooked in. Now, the next step in this scheme, and many times what happens is the con artist pretends that he or she is a wealthy businessman and has business interests in their country. And they're in the middle of a project or they're building a project. And as they're building the project, they found they've run into certain roadblocks. Either the government of the country the fraudster is in is not letting the project go through, or mafia groups are threatening the project, or third parties are moving in. But the hook here is that the fraudster portrays himself as a very rich individual who owns a business and is having trouble completing his project. And by the way, with these James Bond type schemes, what happens, interestingly enough, is that the person has, will the fraudster will invest money into getting the attention of his target. For example, sending flowers, sending gifts, uh, getting perhaps a romantic getaway with the person, actually meeting the victim in a third country and showing them that they're actually real because this type of fraud does involve a little more than your average sweetheart scam. And once the target is hooked into this, they realize that yes, they're dealing with something they, the target thinks anyway, they're dealing with somebody who is wealthy, 
who doesn't need money and really does care for the target, which once again makes it all the more heart, pardon the term heartbreaking when it actually is exposed. But this is how it's set up, though. The target is in, introduced to, uh, to the con man, sometimes in person, and the con man presents himself as a very wealthy individual who is trying to get something done, trying to get some business done, but just cannot fulfill this because of, like I said, the, the government, the, they claim the government is preventing them from building this project or mafia groups, criminal groups are preventing them from building the project or trying to muscle in or other third parties are trying to muscle in. And what this does is creates a situation where the target feels this expectation that they want to help their, of course, who they think is somebody who cares for them. But suddenly they find that the target, that the, the target finds that the con man, the person who is conning them, is in danger. And of course, that awakens a whole new set of feelings. Some of these case studies have shown where the con man will um, disappear for a little bit and then suddenly call from another country and say, or call or FaceTime or some of the communication from another country and say, I had to leave my country. I'm here. Let's just use two countries as an example. I had to leave my country of Greece. I'm here now in Turkey because mafia groups are chasing me. So I'm sort of hiding underground. And I really want to get back to my country. I really love you. I'm trying to do this all for you. Can you, can you help me a little bit? Because I'm caught overseas now. I had to leave, in this case, you know, I had to leave Greece in a hurry. And I'm stuck here in Turkey. And of course, the target many times feels the need to help this person out. After all, this person is in danger. This person is a romantic attachment. And now, they, remember we had an earlier podcast about the excitement factor, about there's certain human beings by our very nature sometimes want to feel that we're privy to special information, we're part of something. Well, now you're, the target is a part of something. They're a part of a world where their love interest is being targeted by outside forces and they can help them. So it turns into perhaps just a very simple request. Can you, the, tar, the con man says, can you please send me 10,000 so I can just stay afloat for a little bit until I can make it back to my country, can I, until I can make it back to Greece. And if the target is hooked in, they will send that money. They will send that $10,000 just as an example. And of course the money is reached and the target then disappears again for a short amount of time and resurfaces with the same story saying, I'm, once again, they found me or I'm still on the run. Once again, my home is Greece. I'm here in Turkey running away from these groups. I've almost made it. Can you please send some more money just a little bit to help me out? And many times the target will then send more money, maybe another $10,000, for example. So the con man can get the money this way and build up a some trust with their targets saying, look, this I just need this money to get by. And this is how the con continues. Normally, the procedure then, the MO, modus operandi then, is for the con men to continue. And what sometimes what the con man will do is disappear again, and a third person will call the target and say, hey, I work for the con man. I work for this gentleman. And, you know, my boss has disappeared now for a little bit. He's really, really in danger. He had to go underground. We're trying to get him out. We're almost almost being able to get him back to Greece. Can you please help us out again? And sometimes in even more elaborate schemes like this, a real person will appear at the target and physically meet with the target in America or another country and say, can you please help him out? And once again, this trust is established and the target will fund more money to the con man. And this continues. And the, as this continues, the stories get more elaborate and they get greater. There's some case studies which have shown that 
the con man may appear again and say, okay, everything's off my back. I've got my project ready to go forward. I've, this mafia group is now off my back or the government is now off my back. Everything is fine. And sometimes a case study will show that they're trying to, to restart the interest. The con man will meet his target again, perhaps in a third country or perhaps in America, thank the person and say, everything's fine now. We're ready to go back and live our lives. Everything will be fine. And then suddenly, of course, the danger appears again where the con man says, uh-oh, they found me. The scheme begins again. I need to disappear for a little bit. Can you please send money to help me get moving on this? And sometimes, by the way, the con man will return some of the money saying, I was able to get away. Here's some of your money back once again to keep the con going. And this is how it works. The con keeps on going. The person, the target is enthralled by this sudden sense of danger and mystery. Not to mention the fact that you're really helping out a fellow human being who seems to be in very much in danger. Sometimes as these cons go, the con man will even sounds some, like something out of a movie. I think it is out of a movie, but pay somebody to beat them up a little bit so they can show that they're, they're out of actual physical danger out there and that they're not making this up. And of course, by the time the con is over, the victims sometimes have lost all their life savings, sometimes millions of dollars in these cons that have been transferred to the con man and his or her organization to keep them going. And that unfortunately has been played out more and more in the past couple of years. This is, as I said, a variation on the sweetheart scam where the con man takes advantage of a person's vulnerability and does everything he can to keep the person on the hook with these elaborate fables, elaborate stories of how their life is in danger. And then, unfortunately, that's, that is uh, something which is, it might even not be new, but certainly being used more and more by con men. So let's talk about this again, how the let's review, review is perhaps a strong word. Let's look at some of the red flags we can see in if a person is caught up in this. Well, first of all, there's the obvious sweetheart scam itself. And one of the red flags we see in a sweetheart scam is when the con man will suddenly bombard their target with protestations of love and over the top language in a very short amount of time. That is, of course, is one red flag. I'm certainly no expert on relationships and relationship development, but it's most people would find it odd and unusual and sometimes even downright creepy if after a few days or even one or two weeks, suddenly a person exclaims they're in love with somebody else and wants to marry them. Certainly, I think even the most the most uh, jaded relationship experts will say that's, that's a little bit too soon. It's a little bit too quick. Um, once again, I'm not a marriage counselor, but... Uh, marriages take work, long-term long-term relationships take work, and you can't just simply do it with a snap of your finger. So that's one red flag. That's one red flag that people can look out for. And don't another red flag and something which can happen is that uh, the con man during the, this relationship, as it's building and building very quickly, the con man discourages a lot of questions about their lives, which could should person should be able to answer. For example, if a con man is building this elaborate fable about how he has a construction, he's in the construction industry, they should be able to answer basic questions and even advanced questions about the construction industry. And if they should be able to answer them immediately. So for example, I've been practicing law now for 23 years. If I meet somebody and they want to ask me questions about the law, unless it's in an area of the law I don't know anything about, I should be able to answer them directly without any hesitation. And I may not know everything, but I certainly know enough to answer some basic questions. So those are two red flags there that are common to all sweetheart scams. 
But now as we move into the James Bond version of the sweetheart scam, there's some other red flags that um, should pop up, which should, that red flags that do pop up, that should just alert somebody that something is not quite right, not all as it seems. Now, remember what I, when we talked about the James Bond sweetheart scam, it blends various elements of the, of the con into this story. And one of those areas, of course, is excitement. It makes the target believe that they're part of something bigger than themselves, that they're a part of a spy novel. And I don't know, I'm thinking about this. If you remember the excellent uh, movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jamie Lee Curtis, True Lies, uh, I think it was Bill Paxton, the late Bill Paxton, who played a con man who did this, this sort of exact same thing, only it was to basically get women in his bed, not to get their money. But anyway, it's the same thing. You're trying to build up a sense of danger and adventure. Well, let's talk about this. It's, it goes without saying, is suddenly if somebody is in a lot of danger, a lot of danger, and suddenly they need to, for example, leave their home country. Let's break this down. Leaving your home country is, a, even for a short, a short amount of time, is a tremendous is a tremendous stress on you and takes a tremendous amount of effort. Even if you're, to use the example we're giving, I was giving during the uh, introduction or during the story, a person is going from Greece to Turkey. Well, how did they get from Greece to Turkey? Does if the person's Greek, does he speak Turkish? I mean, those are two completely different languages. How did the person from Greece get to, say, the person from Greece was in Athens? How did he get to Istanbul? Did he fly? Did he take the train? Where is he staying? Now, of course, the target, will, the con man will say, well, I can't tell you where I'm staying. It's for your own safety or something of that nature. And okay, that might be partially believable. But when a person is part, is getting caught up in this con game, in this con story, it's important to recognize that um, if you're not going to put the brakes on, at least you can ask them basic questions. For example, the person is going from Greece to Turkey. Does, do they speak Turkish? How do they, how do they know to go to the Turkey? Do they have business connections there? And another, perhaps the most important question is, why does the why would you need money from me? If you're part of this huge construction project, aren't there other lenders out there who can give you money? If somebody is building a project, and the reason I use construction is that seems to be a common theme in these James Bond sweetheart scams. Well, certainly other people have money invested in this construction project. If the leader, like yourself, suddenly disappears, isn't that going to create a um, some kind of questions at the very least as to how this project will continue. Now, it's easy to, of course, to talk about these, this in doing a podcast in sort of a laid back, rational way, because of course, I'm not a target of these schemes. The person who is the target has their emotions wrapped up in it. But of course, one of the purposes of these podcasts is educational and trying to get some information out there. So I'm offering this as simply a way of saying questions that should be asked. And normally with third it's not uncommon for the, uh, the target of a con like this to go to friends and family and perhaps ask for money. And friends and family should be asking these questions as well. This person had to leave. Why did he go to X country, this other country? Why can't he ask his friends for this money? Why is he asking you? Another very important question, which should raise flags besides what we've already talked about, is if the, person is, the person's life is in danger, why can't they go to the police organizations in their own country? Now, of course, some of these countries are extremely corrupt, so it wouldn't be unusual if a person says, I can't go to the police because they're bought off by these criminal groups. So the police are part of this, or the police are part of this project, or the police are after me. That might be plausible. However, once again, if the police cannot get involved, does that mean 
the entire government of that country can't get involved. To use the example we gave about this alleged, if the con artist is claiming they're from Greece, if they're saying the Athenian police are involved and they can't go to the Athenian police, they can't go to anywhere, any other organization in the country, any kind of police organization in the country of origin and ask them. And as we can see, these lies start to build up. If, for example, this person's life is in so much danger that they can't go to anybody in their country and they have to leave their country and go to a third country. That's how these James Bond sweetheart scams work. Well, then the question becomes, how can one person, in this case, the target, possibly help them out? If somebody's life is in danger, the way they're describing in these James Bond sweetheart scams, it's only rational to say, well, you need more help than I can give you. Why don't you apply for asylum? Why don't you go to a third country and apply for asylum? People do that all the time. These are questions, of course, that need to be asked if the scam is proceeding forward. Now, once again, I realize it's pretty easy for me to talk about this because I'm not the target of these scams. My emotions are involved, and it's, but part of the reason for these podcasts, as I said, is educational. And I'm trying to point out that with any con story, with any long con, as we discussed very, very early in these podcasts, and with any story that tends to build up like these James Bond sweetheart scams, one thing to remember is this. The, the more the story goes on, the greater the amount of disbelief is needed. And this James Bond sweetheart scam is certainly no exception to that. It's one thing to say at the very beginning, my life is in danger, I had to leave, or I need money for this because the police are corrupt. It's another thing when the same demands are being made time and time and time again, and no answer is being given. If the only answer that's being given is that I'm in danger and I need your help, well, it's once again, they're preying on, it's obviously the con man is preying on their target, but also one question to ask is why is all the money being sent not helping at all if the person simply cannot get out or the person refuses to get out? And in the end, unfortunately, many of the ways these con artists continue is they claim they have gotten out, but they need to get back to their country. And so more money is needed. So we're going to wrap this up here as we finish up the James Bond sweetheart scam. As I said, it's a very tragic form of uh, uh, white collar crime and fraud, the sweetheart scam. It takes advantage of people when they're at their most emotionally vulnerable. And the James Bond sweetheart scam is just a, uh, a variation on this theme. However, this is not only, not only does it break a person emotionally, it breaks a person financially as well. So on that unhappy note, I'll wish everybody a good couple weeks. And if you're on spring break, certainly hope you're having a good spring break. And I want to thank, all, by the way, all my listeners, however many they are, in um, both Iceland, well, Iceland, Georgia, and uh, Nigeria told me how much they like the podcast, talking about their nations. I really do appreciate that feedback. Thank you very much. So wish everybody the best and uh, hope everybody has a great two weeks. We'll talk to you then. Bye-bye. The name's Bond. James Bond. <laughs>